Hi, I'm Cynthia, the spontaneous F-bomb dropping Virgo who likes to sort socks. And I'm Michelle, the highly inquisitive, science-loving hypnotherapist who reads and walks a whole lot. You're You're listening listening to to It's All Connected. Connected. We decided to start this podcast because we are wildly curious and we want to talk about how events are connected, like spirit, business, love, and relationships, especially if the cause isn't obvious. We're also going to be talking about self-expansion and life's true purpose because it's our belief that there are invisible cosmic forces tying things together, often in unexpected and wonderful ways. We want to learn how people think about connections, making space for serendipity, the unknown, and magic. Nerd out with us and have fun along the way. Follow us and expand your sense of what's possible. Because Because it's all connected. Welcome. Today, Cynthia Varkavisser and me, Michelle Walters, are interviewing astrologer Leslie Tagorda. Leslie Tagorda is a multiracial brand astrologer, designer, podcast host, and author. As an Aquarius sun, Sagittarius moon, Gemini rising, and human design projector, Leslie has found her calling navigating visionary, spiritual entrepreneurs and social impact makers to their star charted success in their spiritual journey through their work. The powerful smile and purpose present in Leslie today is relatively new. If you had met Leslie as a brand designer five years ago, you would have met a woman that dimmed her light and felt lost in comparison and crippling self-doubt. In a twist of destiny, shortly after Leslie had her first child at the age of 41, aka her natal Uranus opposite Uranus, Leslie had a breakdown, followed by a breakthrough. Leslie was about to throw in the towel of her unfulfilling design business when she turned to her astrological natal chart. Leslie has always loved astrology and knew that we were multifaceted and more dynamic than just our sun sign. All she had learned about branding, positioning, our why, our values, Leslie could now see in her own natal chart. It was this aha moment when she recognized what had always been right in front of her nose, an innovative way to specify a brand's position, voice, and style using astrology without guessing, copying, or comparing. At that instance of recognition, Leslie decided to bring her deep and spiritual love of astrology out of the closet and fashion it into a strategic, practical tool to create soul-aligned brand identities, leadership, and visibility. After all, businesses and work are part of our soul's spiritual journey. This is what I have been saying, friends. Fast forward to today, and Leslie's vision has only expanded. She is here to empower every person that has ever felt like they struggled with being exceptional and finding their value to see their natural radiance through the lens of astrology, to reach their highest potential and become the luminary leader that they were born to be. While not stargazing and advising, Leslie is a professional classical clarinetist with her nationally recognized chamber ensemble, Quinteto Latina, and playing in groups like the San Francisco Ballet and the San Francisco Opera. She resides in the occupied land of the Ohlone Reymetush, currently called San Francisco, with her husband and son. 
Welcome, Leslie. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Michelle and Cynthia. Thank you so much for being on all, it's all connected with us. It's, it's really lovely to be with you. Uh, as, when I first heard about you, because Michelle said you have got to listen to this woman and her podcast, I was hooked the moment you said that you are a Filipina Hawaiian born Jew. Now I'd like to know about your cultural upbringing and how it directed your interests and your career. Oh my goodness, that's such a wonderful, a, a deep question. Do you want the short version or the long version? <laughs> I'll take any version, the version, version that you want. So yeah, the one you want to share. <laughs> Um, I absolutely loved growing up in Hawaii. Even as a little child, I knew that Hawaii was a magical place and it was very superstitious. It was just like everything was woven in spirituality. And I absolutely loved that. And I spent a lot of time with my paternal grandmother, who is Filipino, and then my mom, who is Jewish. And so usually when you have like somebody who's half Asian, half um, white, usually it's kind of the opposite way. But my mom's Jewish. So technically by blood, I'm Jewish. And growing up in all of these like different like a multiracial, multi-spiritual place, listening to all of these like different cosmologies and stories, I absolutely loved it. But it was a very clear designation in Hawaii that if you are not Hawaiian blooded, you're not Hawaiian. Okay. And as a, a Filipino in, um, in my Jewish family, a lot of my, when I went to go see my Jewish family, it was like obvious that I have like the only brown person. And in fact, I didn't even meet my like grandfather until I was five because he didn't want to meet me being Filipino. And in my Filipino family, even though they loved me so much, they liked to tease that I was the whitey. Like in Hawaiian, there's a word called the house. So they would call me the Howley, the white one. And if you can see my skin color, I'm clearly not white. <laughs> I'm clearly brown. And so my entire life from a very young age, stunned by the magic and the beauty, feeling loved by many people, but always having this kind of sense of, you don't really belong here. Right, You're so not exactly what we need, what we want. And what I didn't realize was that through the course of my life and, you know, the, the many careers that I had, I was always actually looking for my sense of identity. Who am I? Because all my life, I've been working to blend in. And then I had a stepdad also who I was very close to him and his family, who's Okinawan, spent a lot of time with that family, even went to like Japanese school and learned everything about what it was to be like Japanese and Okinawan, really not liking my Filipino family or Filipino culture, not my Filipino family, but my Filipino culture, finally learning that it was a result of colonial mentality. And so, you know, over the last few years of not just the global pandemic, but just like the social, the social upheavals that are going on, all of these different um, definitions coming to the fore that really helped put into perspective my journey of looking for who am I and my own worthiness as I unraveled things from colonial mentality, as I unraveled things from racism, sexism, all of the isms that stem from colonial mentality. So <laughs> astrology um, kind of wraps 
everything into one place, even though this is Western astrology, and there's also thoughts around, well, can Western astrology really serve as the language, the identification language for people? I mean, we are Westerners, we are born in this Western culture. And so how does that language apply to us finding our own identity? And now, I think I finally resolved that in terms of now even harnessing and molding astrology into my language of finding my own identity and leadership. So it only took, you know, like 40 something years. You, you fast tracked it, lady. That totally, right? That is a total. <laughs> you had a lot. Track. There was a lot on your plate, Leslie. Had to unravel and unpack. There's a lot of stuff going on. So what I'd like to know is here you are, you have this varied background, you have astrology that's on it, but astrology was not your first thing and now it's your big thing. So it was, it was prefaced in your bio. I would love if you could expand on that story, Yeah. How you, right? All the things that you do and how it's rolled up into one beautiful yeah. package. Well, astrology was always like the undercurrent right? Mentioning, you know, talking about just all of the cosmologies and all of the spiritual stories from all of these, from, from Judaism, from Christianity, from Hawaiian culture, from the Filipino culture, the Ilocos culture of my grandmother. The one thing that was in common was just like my love of the stars. I was always trying to connect the dots and like make things in sense, like make sense. And so I remember being like six years old and my mom had asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. That's your typical question to ask right around six years old. And I knew at that time I wanted to be a star scientist. It was just automatic. I wanted to be a star scientist. Little did I know <laughs> that there was such thing as an astrologer, which I found out later in elementary school um, when we were looking at the Chinese zodiacs and then the Western zodiacs. And I discovered that I was a tiger Aquarius. And I was like, wow, what is this magic that's telling me this is who I am? Um, and then so when I was preparing for university, one of the ways that I found my own identity was that I my mom played the clarinet. She told me that I was going to play the clarinet like a good little girl that listened. I played the clarinet, come to find out I was really good at it. <laughs> and so playing the clarinet really opened up a lot of doors for me so that when I went to university, I was a double major in music and astronomy of all things, not astrology, astronomy. And astronomy had too much physics. So I was going to that school for the music. So I was like, okay, I'm going to bail on the astronomy degree, got my music degree and decided that I was going to be a classical music musician and be in an orchestra. And let me just say, just, you know, full disclosure, people are not really, really ready to hear this, but an American orchestra is the epitome of like of imperialism yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah i've heard absolutely. that too right classism and i mean it was classism, for, for the elite for yeah. the elite for everything and so even playing in an orchestra at the time going through college i wasn't because of my colonial mentality thinking that i was already less than as a brown person as a woman as a person who has a bigger than average body I didn't know that I had a right to speak up and ask for things. And so at my very competitive school, I was like pretty much crushed and I still wanted to play clarinet, um, get to the Bay area 
uh, during the dot-com boom because I was like, I'm going to be in the dot-com and I'm going to learn how to do all these technology things, even though I had zero experience. Um, I did manage to get a dot-com job. I did really, really well. And after working in, in a corporate structure, again, feeling totally restricted, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I want to play music. So the common theme is I don't do good with authority. I don't do good. <laughs> with people telling me what to do. So I was like, I'm going to be a musician again, but on my terms this time. And by that time, I'd picked up all of these skills. We were delivering training um, to India um, over the web. So I was learning instructional design. I was learning web design. Um, and I was like, I'm going to start a web design business so I can play music. And so for about 10 or 15 years, I was doing playing music, but then I had this my side business developing websites and brands where over that kind of 10 year period, I was designing websites and designing brands and like, what is it that really, how can people show up online and be memorable? And you know what? All my clients, we were just guessing, right? Ooh, I think I like these colors. Ooh, I think I like the way that this sounds, this writing. And everybody was just guessing and these website projects would take forever. And I was reading up on like how to design websites. Oh, you need a brand archetype. Ooh, brand archetype. And this is exactly what I was just like, my son was like one. I was like, my clients are not making any progress. I'm not making any progress. This is terrible. What am I going to do? It's going through my midlife crisis. And this brand archetype book that I opened up was like, you need a brand archetype. There's 12 archetypes talking about all these archetypes. I'm like, these are just Zodiac archetypes. What are they talking about? They're trying to like make all this money and be academic talking about these brand archetypes. And then lo and behold, I was like, I heard this voice, go look at your astrological chart and it had been a couple of years since I had like really spent any time and that's that aha moment that you were talking about in my bio where everything that I'd learned about branding and design and everything that I'd learned about finding my own voice and being my own self and not having anybody tell me what to do I could see it all in the natal chart and so it was that kind of moment where, and I'm sure you and your listeners have had these kinds of moments where all of a sudden you see something that was in front of you and then serendipity opens up. Like a business coach came into my life, an astrology mentor came into my life that kind of validated the framework that I had designed. And it's literally been like a short five years since that moment to where I am now in my business. And it's like 180 night and day. Wow. This is exactly the kind of thing we love to talk about, right? Yeah. Like what you're finding is like all these things seem to be all over the place. And it turned out that they were all connected. All connected. I needed all every connected. single thing. <laughs> yep. So this is the perfect time to remind our listeners that you are listening to It's All Connected with Cynthia Varkavisser and Michelle Walters. And today we are interviewing astrologer Leslie Tagorda from San Francisco. So please support It's All Connected and follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And we also need those rating and reviews, my friends. So if you could give us a rate and review, that would be terrific. Five stars all the way, people. <laughs> absolutely. With guests like you, absolutely. So tell us more about your astrology practice. How do you help people and companies? I'm, I am thrilled to hear about business and astrology, but um, tell us all about it. 
Ooh, so in my business now, I work a couple of ways with astrology. Um, I work, of course, with one-on-one -on -one clients and coach them in terms of how to position their business in terms of what they do in their zone of genius, why they do things so that they can make decisions much more easily and more effectively, how they are meant to lead and guide others from that quote unquote authentic perspective. So there's like no copying or guessing and exactly who you are designed to serve and the specific issues that you are meant to help them with. All of this I can see in an astrological chart. And then, of course, I have um, my teaching um, as a Gemini rising. I am a natural born teacher. And so I do I teach a lot of workshops on exactly how to find your innate leadership and power through your astrology. And the beautiful thing about astrology is it's not only showing you kind of your highest like all of these, all of these planets and the positions that they are in have a spectrum of expressions from shadow expressions to highest expressions. And so I am always focusing on the highest expression because you know what? You already know when you're operating in the shadow expression. I don't really need to remind you of that. And then also the, the deeper astrological cycles that people are going through, um, depending on their unique astrological weather um, based on their unique design. And so it's super empowering. Like, in fact, earlier today, I had this um, a one on one with a, a friend of mine who is kind of he was looking for some direction and he's very spiritual. And he's like, you know, I've gone through a lot of astrologers, but no one has ever given me a reading with just like very practical, pragmatic steps to take next in where they want to go. And so I realized that my the type of astrology that I do is very, very specific, but it's really grounded in actionable steps that really take you to that next level. I love that so much. I love that so much. I can already think about people who um, who we work with, where they're, we, we just talked about, Michelle and I were just talking about this person that we really love but they are all over the place. And so by trying to ask one question, we get five different answers because they have a really hard time staying on one topic. It almost feels like they're afraid that they're going to miss somebody and they want to serve so many people mm -hmm. that they're almost, you know, like, oh, I got to, you know, if the scenario is this way or that way. So it sounds, it sounds like they'd be a great client for you. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and what I like about it, Leslie, is I think that your approach is very similar to the way I see Cynthia teaching her clients and, and doing readings for people and coming up with like, this is what I see going on. And this is what you need to do about it, which yeah. at the end of the day is what most people need to hear. And it's similar to the work that I do in hypnosis. Like this is the problem. And this is the new mind shift you have to go through, you know, yes. people, People, I mean, it's all nice. I'm very intellectual personally. I like to read and I'm interested in science and stuff. But I remember I, I, when I was in business, I met our sister company and I walked out of the meeting and I was like, how do they, how do they sell? They don't tell people what to do. It made no sense to me. And later I came to better understand what market research was and how it worked for some people, but, um, but it's kind of, kind of crazy. So. Yes. Yeah, I love that it's all very practical. Um, the way I look at it is that we're all spirit and we're all human. And I, I do love that people say that we're spirits having a human 
experience. Mm -hmm. I love it even more when I say I celebrate spirit and I celebrate being human because then we get to incorporate the whole thing. And if I want to be a bitch, and there's the there's the explicit in the thing. If I want to be a bitch, gonna come out. <laughs> if I want to be a bitch, then I can say I can say, um, okay, I'm going to be really human. I'm going to celebrate it. I'm going to be just the biggest ass around, yeah. and then um, and then I can go ahead and have my spiritual lesson behind that. The thing that I love what it sounds like that you do for um, for people like us that are celebrating being human is that you can is that you say, hey, you don't have to stay in that human experience. Here's your here's your higher light, right? Enjoy that shadow work and then then come up come up and meet me over here where we can talk about all this other good juicy stuff. Right. I think all the three of us here, we have this kind of innate knowing that our work, our lives are intertwined, that they're not separate. Right. Like, like, you know, capitalism would like us to believe that don't take it personally. It's just business. Like that's bullshit. Right. Like, can we right. just say that's absolute yes. bullshit? Yeah, absolutely. That our work is, uh, especially for us change makers, our work is an expression of what we are here to contribute back into this world. And that this work is part of that spiritual journey. And the spiritual journey isn't just the hero's journey where they're getting all of these outward accolades and successes and, and, you know, credentials and, you know, the house with the white picket fence and the Tesla, right? Like that, right. That's, right. that's the outward hero's journey, but also there's like the inner hero's journey of just kind of the awakening and the understanding and the acceptance and then the awareness and the choice right. to get yourself out of those deepest, darkest places. Right. I'm right. going to read the first sentence of my book because I feel it's pertinent. Yes. Work <laughs> has a spiritual purpose, period. There you go. Yeah. Snap, 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 snap. snap. Exactly. Exactly. In the, so, in, all in the same club. So Leslie, you teased us a little bit as we were prepping for this interview with having taken a peek at yes. our astrological charts and Cynthia just had a birthday and I'm wondering if you have any anything that you could share with our listeners about Cynthia and the year she has coming up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's a surprise. I just want you to know. <laughs> That was really sweet, Michelle. Thank you. Put you on the spot, Miss Virgo. I know. I know. I know. Well, you know, the more that more so than like the year, I, I guess we could talk about the year ahead, but I want to talk about the now. Thank you. Great. Okay. Beautiful. <laughs> because what's really important about the now, so Cynthia has a Virgo son. Scorpio rising and um, where's your moon? Aries moon. Okay. Right. And so you've got a lot of Mars in your chart, right? Scorpio, the traditional ruler, Scorpio rising, Mars is your chart ruler. Gotcha. Mars in your ninth house of belief, taking action, motivation, optimism, hope. And, um, and your moon ruled by Mars also. So you know, being a wild child, you know, I, I, I feel for my air, for my fire moon clients, especially the women fire moon, because like every time I, I meet a fire moon, especially a fire moon, like an Aries moon, I was like, when you were a little girl where you're found, like your people always like chasing you around, telling you to put your clothes back on, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> stop being so wild when you're meant to be wild, 
right? Like to be first, to be the best to, and to not apologize about wanting to be the first or the best, right? And so when we get into those roots of what that, what that really means for us in our lives now, not as a child, we're still wanting to nourish and feed that wild moon child part of ourselves. Right. So having fun, being wild, being like taking risks, that's part of what feeds you, what feeds your success. And then the here and now, the, the sun is going through your 10th house. And so if you think about your birthday, right, every time of the year, every time that your birthday passes around, it is freaking busy for you. Your calendar is packed. You are doing all the things. People want everything about you. And you're just, and like surprises are coming up. Transformation is coming up. You're like, I just cannot handle anymore right now. But I still want it. You still want it. But I am tired, right? Yeah. Yeah. Your moon wants it because your moon, she thrives on that as long as it's fun. Yes. If it's not fun anymore, cut it. I guess that's for all of us, right? But even more so for you. And then that's where, you know, that's where you and Michelle get along a lot because Michelle has her Mars in the fifth house of fun also, right? Remember we were talking about that sex life earlier? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh, that's where it comes from. (laughs) Oh, yes. At least from the Western astrology, like pleasure is like a big motivator. And, you know, pleasure for... You have, you have your little kinks. I don't know what the kinks are, but you definitely have some kinks. <laughs> Audience, I want you to know that that is for Michelle. Yes. Yeah. I'm about the fun, and I'm not going to say that I don't have my things. Okay. But... <laughs> but as the sun, you know, the sun um, passed over your sun, uh, your, the transiting sun passed over your sun. It's going through your 10th house. So just really enjoy this busy time. Um, lots of awakenings going on, lots of change and transformation, but that's part of your signature and your game. And so just know that like that Virgo season through like the first week of Libra season, just make space for all of the things to happen. I love, this is my favorite time of the year. It's like, I prep for it. I prep for it. I get super, super excited. And I get bummed out when I sleep, you know, when I get normal sleep, because it's like, I'm, I'm wasting time. I am wasting time. There's so much stuff to do. There's plenty of sleep time to have. You you can sleep during Scorpio season. You can sleep during Pisces season. You can sleep during cancer season. That's your slow time. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you so very much. So, um, Michelle, do you have any questions for Leslie? What do you see coming up for me in the next couple months? My birthday is not till December. Yes, let's take a look. So your um, so Michelle is a Libra rising, right? Sagittarius sun and Gemini moon, right? So even though you have your kinks and you love pleasure. <laughs> The way to your heart is through your mind. That's true. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yep. That sounds about right. Yeah. That's, that's about and, right. Yep. And you're you're being really motivated right now with like curiosity, but not like about the little things. You're thinking about the big things. You're thinking about why the world ticks. I've never been somebody to think about the little things. I have always been somebody who thinks about the big things. And sometimes it means I forget to pay my bills on time, but you know, somehow I I get along. So 
It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. It'll all, all work good. out. So Leslie, tell us a little bit about what you have coming up. Uh, we want to make sure to let our listeners know about your events or classes or where you might be appearing. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so in October and November, I have a couple of things going on that I'm super, super excited about. And they're both related to Chiron, the wounded healer. Mm. Do you guys okay. know about Chiron, the wounded healer? I don't know about Chiron. Tell us, tell us. Yes. So Chiron is uh, a centaur, right? In in Greek mythology. mythology. And um, Chiron is called the wounded healer because essentially he's a centaur. He's half human and half man. And he's hence he's immortal. And there's a couple of stories how he gets his primal wound. His first wound was that his mother rejects him because he's half horse and half he's a centaur, not a human. So that's like the original wound. And the second wound, and there's a couple of ways he gets it, but he gets this um, this slash in his leg with po- a poison dart or a poison arrow that he cannot heal. Now, essentially, this dart is supposed to kill him, but because he's half demigod, he's immortal. So he can't die. So he's just suffering with this pain in his leg. And so he travels the universe and the world to learn all these different healing modalities, herbalism, astrology, everything. He never can heal his own wound, but people from all over the world come to him and he can heal them. So the moral of the Chiron, the wounded healer story is the wounds that you can heal in others that you can never heal in yourself. Interesting. But the lesson. Yes. And we all have Chiron in our chart. Exactly. And Chiron's wounds that he turns into his wisdom is his ultimate gift that he gives back into the world. So I have two offerings coming up. One on Chiron, the wounded healer and your midlife awakening. Beautiful. Right. So when we look at that midlife crisis, I had an identity crisis. The crisis is really an awakening because I'm 48. You, you all are a little bit older than that. We have been through that crisis already. And we know just by lived experience that our power is at the surface. We can easily access that power. There's no second guessing. We know exactly what we want. And that's the process of the midlife awakening. So I'm doing a Chiron um, and midlife awakening workshop with a another hypnotherapist friend of mine. Um, it's going to be a four-week sh- um, workshop. And then for the entrepreneurs in the house, I'm doing a four-week workshop with Chiron Wounded Leadership. How do we turn our wounds and put them back into our offers for deeper meaning and impact? Beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. I Sounds fantastic. Yes. Leslie, we have just loved speaking with you today. Thank you Thank so you. much for being on our show. Super, super fun. I really hope that we get to collaborate and co-create again because I absolutely had a wonderful time chatting with you too. Oh, I'm not going to let you get off the, I won't let you get off the screen. I'm going to go ahead and start talking to you as soon as we sign off. <laughs> I apologize. That's just the way it is. We'll go to chat in the green room. Do we have some drinks? <laughs> I love it. Yes, we do. Absolutely. So 
Thank you so much for listening. You are here with us and it's all connected with me, Cynthia Vargavisser and Michelle Walters. Today, we are interviewing astrologer Leslie Tagorda from San Francisco. Please, please support us. It's all connected. We ask that you follow us on your favorite podcast platform and rate and review our show. It'll really help us out. Thank you so much, Leslie. Oh, thank you so much too. Thanks all so right. Much. Okay, bye. Hey there, it's Cynthia. Want to invite you to a virtual space every first and third Friday Pacific time at noon called Chillin' Chat. It's a space where we get to talk and explore how you can use and expand your intuitive skills. Notes are below. I also have an in-person session coming up November 11th and 12th in San Francisco called Align Your Mind, Body and Spirit for 2023. The link for more information and registration is below. Hi, Michelle here with a couple of events of my own to let you know about. Join me for Hypnosis for Anxiety, an evening online class on Thursday, October 6th. Signups available on my Eventbrite page in the show notes. I'm also going to be doing Hypnosis for Sales weekly starting October 6th through mid-November. Check out my Eventbrite page and join us for some hypnotic tips and tricks to get your mind in the right place to boost your sales. You've been listening to It's All Connected! connected.